We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket. We're brought to you by Deal Dash. We're brought to you by Bet Online. We are a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here, as always, with Jason Pat. Jason, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Enjoying the basketball in the bubble. Great slate of games yesterday. A lot of fun, of course, here as we are a Chicago Bulls podcast. And as we've been harping on for months now is the latest on the Jim Boylan update. He is still the Chicago Bulls head coach. And we got some more, I don't want to, I don't know if you want to call it disappointing news. I don't even know if you really want to call it news because a lot of it was just kind of rehashing prior reporting speculation out there about how uh, financial, quote unquote, financial concerns will keep Jim Boylan in his job for at least next season. This came from Joe Clio of the Chicago, Chicago Sun Times, uh, basically just talking in how, like, with the uncertainty of the pandemic, and we know, we talked about Jerry Reinsworth talking about his nine figure losses and all that a few months, a month or two ago, and just all this is that there's like strong momentum towards the Bulls keeping Boylan in place because they don't want to pay, or they don't want to fire a coach and have to pay him whatever three million over the rest of his contract over the next couple of years and then go hire somebody new uh 
again, that was this is kind of stuff that was already out there. Casey Johnson has hinted towards that, and he tweeted as much basically after this Cowley comp came out, and that like really nothing has really changed. That the Bulls are empowering Jim Boylan for now before they make a decision, and they want to wait to see like how this plays out, how the season plays out, if they get to do anything else, and we will talk about another second bubble update coming up. But yeah, so not necessarily the new stuff, but again, just like. More more smoke for this Jim Boylan's going to stay fire, and then more smoke that it's going to be money reasons for it, which, again, as we've talked about, we've hammered this home. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and after that after that came out, then on Saturday, Woj had like a notebook column come out where just kind of questions happening, like what's going on in the bubble. He had a little blurb on Jim Boylan, and he says that Arturs Karnasovas and Mark Eversley are spending time evaluating and getting to know Boylan, and they remain in no rush to – uh, deciding on the coach's future, they, they want to watch him in the gym with players, talk philosophy, and learn about the staff. And then it also said because several potential head coaching candidates among the assistants are coaching in the bubble for the foreseeable future, there's even less rush to open up the search process. Now, obviously, that probably means like guys like Adrian Griffin, Ime Doka, a few names out there. Still, though, just like no rush, which, again, we've talked about. We understood what are not coming out and firing him right away. Because they wanted to whatever do right by him, if you even think that's whatever you, that even means at this point. But again, just like just kind of like nothing out there other than smoke that says the Bulls are going to keep him, and that financial concerns are a big issue, which is ridiculous. Ricky, I know I know we've hammered, we've talked about this so much already. Like it's getting annoying talking about this. But your latest take on the this latest report and these rumors. This is like if the Bears were going to keep Mark Tressman after they hired Ryan Pace. I think it was in 2015 after Tressman's second season. Like it's just totally ridiculous. And I think Boylan's even a worse coach than coach than Tressman. Uh, it sucks that. This it seems like absolutely nothing with the Bulls has changed, despite the fact that, you know, in some ways the fans finally got their wish with uh, Gar Foreman being fired. Paxson should have been fired, wasn't uh, still around. And, you know, the thing we always heard throughout uh, the Bulls courting process for a new lead executive was that going into it, there were reports that said, you know, ownership wants whoever they hire to keep an open mind on Jim Boylan. So like that was just like a sign of death right away. We should have been freaking out and we should have been foreseeing this from the moment that that was mentioned, like on top of the reports, because, you know, immediately whoever was going to get this job was going to have to do something that to us seems very obvious and very easy, but that was going to really upset the people who just hired him and just paid him. So uh, it's totally insane that this seems like it's almost definitely going to happen. And, you know, just to read off a few things that Cowley said, he said, Karnashovis wants to evaluate Boylan directly in games, game preparation, practices and film sessions. So just ridiculous. I mean, you don't need to evaluate Boylan in games because the reason you were hired, Karnashovis, oh, yeah. because the last idiots who had your job trusted Jim Boylan with the team. And he's won under 32% of his games since he's been a head coach. So you can go back and watch those games on tape. I don't think you need to see future Jim Boylan terribleness to realize how god-awful he is. Like, this is all documented. You can find film on every single game from this year. You can go back and read the stories. You can see the quotes. It's all out there, man. You don't need to evaluate Jim Boylan further than the way he's been evaluated by the entire NBA already, which is that this guy does not deserve to be an NBA head coach anymore. There's no way you can defend that Boylan deserves to keep his job based on what he's done as the Bulls head coach so far. 
right? There's just like no merit based argument for keeping Boylan. And so, like, what are you what are you going to see like in practice or like a scrimmage? Again, we'll talk about this potential second bubble or whatever workouts they want to do in a bit here. But like, what are you going to see there? That's gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, like you have all as you mentioned, the track record so far is awful. Like, what are you going to see in? these like practices that are like, Oh yeah, actually we should keep this guy. Like, it's, and you've already got this input from players as well. that like this, we don't want this guy around. And yet like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. And there were reports throughout last year that like Doug Collins and John Paxson, I think were sitting in on film sessions. Uh, and you know, that's another thing Colin mentioned that they want to evaluate Boylan in film sessions. Well, you still have these guys who are around that watched him up close last year Every single piece of outside information points to the fact that Boylan should be absolutely fired. I think what the Reinsdorfs really love is just someone who will work for cheap and who will like go above and beyond their normal duties. And that's something Casey Johnson has been reporting throughout the last you know couple months is that Boylan was dealing with agents. Boylan was doing some fan relations stuff. All of this while being the lowest paid head coach in the NBA. So... Uh, it's just so indefensible that this is going to happen. And, uh, you know, it makes me not even want to keep covering the team or watching the team or supporting the team. Really? It's like totally crazy. And there's no way it can be defended by anything else than incompetence from ownership. I I am still holding out hope that they, that this is all just like just all speculation. Obviously there's a lot of speculation at this point and it's all smoke and that they're literally, literally just like being super patient and they're doing the whole, we're going to wait till the season is over and then we'll fire him after like the actual NBA season is over. That's, I mean, I'm still holding on to that hope, but again, like you might, you cut this kind of going to what you were talking about, how like, how like ownership wanted, like our current show was like, keep an open mind. And that just kind of goes back to like how it was reported when he was hired that he had this quote unquote full autonomy to make basketball decisions. Well, first of all, like if they have to, he has to keep an open mind about Jim Boylan, like in, there's like these financial constraints on him. That means he does not have that full autonomy. Like if Karnaschovas does not want to keep Jim Boylan, but he's getting pressured by the ownership to do it for whatever reason, like that means he doesn't actually have like that power. Like again, ultimately maybe he will do it. Maybe they're just going to, they're just going to be super patient here and whatever. And he'll make that decision when the season's over. We'll, we'll have to believe that when we see it, because right now there's so much speculation that he's going to stay. And this was something I was talking about on Twitter, where even if they do end up firing Boylan, all this stuff is out there, this reporting and the speculation about how still how about the Bulls, how nothing's changed, how they're cheap, how ownership is not good. And I brought up the last dance as well about how uh, players saw the last dance, love Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT. But part of that was of the last dance. Some of the one of the takeaways was like how ownership and Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause and management just in general sucked and like was terrible. So like players and people around the league, they see that and they see that representation of current Bulls ownership and management. And then you see these kind of reports like you can't tell me these guys don't see this stuff and and that like the Bulls are a cheap organization that they're second rate and they don't want to do what it takes to necessarily win. Like, I mean, these guys have to see this and you get this hammered in your head enough. Like, I, I feel like it does not help the perception of the Bulls. So, again, you said like nothing's changed, like a lot still has to change. Like they And again, Karnaschovas can still change this narrative, but. When you have owner, the ownership is still there. So like no, nothing will really change unless there's a behavioral change with this ownership group. And right now, based on all the speculation out, out there, we really haven't seen it yet. And they still have Paxson in their corner to be a right. young man. Yes. Not just John, but also Jim. And so like everything that was promised with this rebuild, I just feel like was a total fucking lie. Like we were told that there was going to be like more robust hiring in the front office. They hired a few people, Pat Connolly, JJ Polk, uh, but not enough. 
Like still the Bulls have way too small of an operation in the front office. That was something that was said to be flushed out. Uh, and it really didn't happen. Like, I guess they did make multiple hires in the front office and that's, you know, uh, what was being reported leading up to Connor Chavez's hiring, but it wasn't enough. I mean, they still need to continue hiring more people, more coaches, invest more in player development. Uh, we haven't heard any buzz on any of that. Like right now, I think the Rhinosaurs are just using the pandemic as an excuse yeah. to to keep things status quo. And yeah, like I said, they're still packing in their corner. So uh, just just so ridiculous and like i don't even want to write about it but i feel like i have to right like we have to talk about this on the podcast but we don't really want to this is garbage that they're even putting this on the fans and making us process this and uh you know i don't like does anyone defend jim boylan whose last name isn't paxton or reinsdorf like honestly like i don't think that there's a section of bulls fans that are like yeah we should really give boylan another chance i don't think those people exist at all and was so fucking frustrating about this is you know now you have a lot of people speculating that like uh the empty seats in the games last season did catch jerry reinsdorf's eye but there might not be fans in the stands for next season (laughs) anyway so we might as well just keep his objectively bad head coach because the fans can't stick it to him in attendance so uh just talk about like not caring about your product, not caring about your fan base, and just like not even caring about being a grown-up adult organization because everything the Bulls are doing right now is totally inexcusable. It's not even mid-market behavior. It's just like humiliating behavior. <laughs> uh, and really, they should be ashamed of themselves. And yeah. I think, you know, we the entire fan base, and I would like to see the NBA media at large just hammer them for this because it is totally indefensible. And, uh, you know, this reshaping of the front office was supposed to mean finally the bulls are changing, but the bulls aren't fucking changing if Jim Boylan's still the head coach. Yeah. And like the, the idea that like next year is basically just going to be like a total wash or whatever, like just in terms of whatever fans in the stands and money wise and like just the roster in general, like, I mean, that's ridiculous because I think that's been brought up like the, how the clock like starting on carnage show. Like I mean, that doesn't make any sense either. Like you're not going to just, like throw away your first season just be like oh you know like we really we're gonna just use this to like see what we have in place you're like i mean that's nonsense if you're like again that's second rate or <laughs> humiliating like behavior you don't just do that as a franchise and just like you know you know this team's probably not that good like we're just gonna kind of see what we have with our core and you know we're just gonna leave this coach in place because of that it's just like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense either so I mean, whatever we'll see what happens there again uh moving on to the i, I mentioned the stuff about the a possible another bubble um Again, was rumored out there like a month or two ago that there could be a second bubble in Chicago. Those rumors have died down. Looks like that's just not going to happen. I think too much pushback probably from the players, the MBPA. Then a rumor came out from The Athletic that maybe since the Disney bubble is working out so well, that maybe these Delete 8 teams, which would include the Bulls, could go take the teams that are eliminated in the next week, six teams will be gone once the playoffs start next week, that they'll basically go take their spot in the Disney bubble because that's been working out really well. Obviously, no no positive tests in there. Most people have been following all the protocols, which is all great. So that that was brought up earlier this week, that maybe there'd be like, just a train. I don't think there'd be any games, but they'd basically just get all these, get players from the, uh, those Delete 8 teams, including the Bulls, and get them to Disney in the Disney bubble. But then that was there's been pushback to that as well. I think Woj reported that the NBA NBPA said that basically non-starter on that front, and that it looks like if anything, if they are able to agree to anything, it'll basically just be in-market workouts, which, I mean, seems like, the thing that makes more sense. I, I guess I understand the Disney thing from the fact that they have proven that it's safe and 
but I, I don't think you want people, all these guys coming from the outside and then going in. Like, I don't know if you want to introduce that to the NBA bubble, bubble that's actually working in like the actual games that matter. I do understand some of these young teams wanting to get on the court together, which is why I guess I, I, why they should just do the in-market stuff, the in-market training, I think. Let the Bulls, whatever, do their workouts at Advocate Center. They want to use that to, whatever, evaluate Jim Boylan before making the final decision, hopefully firing. They can do that. But it, it seems like I understand why the players are pushing back on a lot of these ideas. Just like, like, why would, like, as a player, like, why would you want to go into that bubble if you're on one of these teams? Like, like, would, like, again, we've kind of mentioned this before. Like, why would, like, Zach Levine want to go into the fucking Disney bubble for however long the train? Like, just go to, you can go to Chicago. They do their own workouts with their own teams and all that. And I, and I feel like that should be fine. Uh, do you, Ricky, you have any other different take on that? Or do you think that that seems like that makes the most sense? My main take is that you don't need to see Jim Boylan that, yeah. <laughs> with your own eyes to know that he needs to be fired. Like there's enough evidence at this point that he doesn't deserve to keep his job. But uh, yeah, I mean, I never liked the idea of a second bubble. Like, I guess it makes sense for teams to be able to get together in market and train together. Uh, so I'd be in favor of that. But you know, like, I almost think that that stuff should happen after the draft and free agency, basically. Like, this season's over. So I think that, you know, whatever the rules are in a typical offseason, that those rules should basically apply right now. And uh, there doesn't need to be, like, a mini camp, basically, when the season's over. Like, what, we're still acting like, you know, season isn't over for the Bulls and the Cavs and uh, the Knicks and the bottom eight teams, but it it is totally over. Uh, that's why the Bulls should fire Jim Boyle because <laughs> their season is over. And that's why I don't really think they need a mini camp right away because let's see who they draft. Let's see who they sign in free agency. Let's see who's on the team next year because this year is over and the Bulls blew it. That's the end of the story, in my opinion. It it really is. And honestly, I think that's that's basically the bottom line. They don't. I, I understand them wanting, again, using these workouts it would be helpful to get whatever get the new guys in there to play either way i do understand these teams wanting to get their players in and at least getting the court time because like having everybody not work like 22 teams getting this work in while the other eight teams not doing that like i I get it that's the competitive disadvantage there i kind of agree with you on the timing either way like you said bottom line jim boyland should be fired they shouldn't need this extra time to do it these extra practices Hopefully, maybe that is just what they're doing. Whatever. We will move on and actually talk about basketball that has been mattering in the bubble. But first, a quick word from a couple of our sponsors. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on all your favorite devices. You can also stream Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite team and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. So here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. So that means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So if you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering Cash Considerations listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. So go to deal-dot-com and use the offer code CASH 
or deal-fm slash cash. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash cash. We are back. Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Let's talk about what's going on inside the NBA bubble these days. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on. I mentioned that this past weekend, a great slate of games here. Uh, on Saturday, and there's great some great games going on right now. Right now, we're watching the end of as we're recording here. Spurs, Pelicans, Pe- Pelicans playoff hopes uh, kind of falling apart here. They they went down big in this game, they came back, but obviously they've been kind of a disappointment here in the bubble. Uh, the defense has been bad. Zion, there's been the Zion minutes controversy, and he's had his moments, but his defense has also been bad. But a lot of a lot of stuff going on. I first since this is a Bulls podcast, though, I first wanted to give a quick shout out to Cameron Payne, <laughs> former Bull. <laughs> Former point guard, Bulls point guard of the future, who was obviously terrible in Chicago. I gave him a lot of shit. He was, again, he was very bad. He is a, a part of an incredible Phoenix Suns run right now, where they are 5-0 and in this bubble. We see Devin, Bo- Devin Booker has been great. Uh, but Cameron Payne, he, really stellar contributions off the bench, hitting some big shots. He was part of like a 20-something-0 run, something like that, against the Pacers the other day. Uh, just playing actually solid basketball in a smaller role off the bench. So, Cameron Payne, I apologize for shitting you so much. Actually, I don't really apologize because he was terrible for the Bulls, but it's at least nice to see him find find a role here with the Suns. Like, who knows what the future his NBA future means? This NBA bubble stuff is kind of crazy. I, we'll see if like guys like him or other guys might get paid. I mean, you look at a guy like TJ Warren. Maybe we'll talk about it in a bit. Just like guys with these huge, crazy bubble performances out of nowhere. But shout out to Cameron Payne. I'd also a quick shout out to also the Timothy Lualu Cabro who's on the Nets. Uh, I made a joke before they they beat the Bucks recently. Uh, that was the the Nets obviously have like a makeshift roster. The Bucks had just I think lost to the Rockets, and the Bucks were like a nineteen point favorite against the Nets. And I made a joke that TLC was going to come out and like lead the Zombie Nets to a win over the Bucks, and they did it. And he had like a career high like 24, 25 points and a bunch of three pointers. So just shout out to a four, cu- uh, couple former Bulls bums showing out in the bubble. Ricky, what else in the, this last weekend and last week since we talked last has stood out to you coming from the NBA bubble? Yeah, I think, you know, you saw what Luka Doncic did last night, 19 assists against the Bucks. Luka, absolutely incredible. I mean, like, I was very adamant that he was the best player in that 2018 draft class. I thought there was no doubt he was going to be a star. I got to say, I didn't really think that he would be like as good as James Harden and LeBron in his second year. You know, it's just like absolutely incredible how advanced he is. And some of the passes he were throwing yesterday was just wild. I mean, everyone's talking about the one where he uh, hit. Yeah. Between the legs, he hit Maxi on, uh, you know, the between the legs pocket pass. That was incredible. But there were so many other just like moments that stopped you in your tracks uh in that game so you know i think like basically it's gonna be luca and Giannis's league in a few more years as these you know the current stars start to get older like i know Kawhi's only 29 but he's like the oldest 29 year old on the planet harden's 30 uh so he still probably has a few good years left there's no doubt about that but you know you got to think like lebron's gonna start to be on the downside of his career pretty soon here you would think even though he's still playing it basically as as well as ever uh, but it's like, I feel like Luca's the guy, right? Like, you know, for all the hype Zion had coming into uh, Zion's bubble and Luca's bubble have just sort of been like totally different. Like Luca's putting up like 33, 11 and 11 so far in the bubble. And, uh, you know, Zion still sort of has like the mysterious injury issues and his defense has been really bad. And, uh, 
so I think that's the first thing that jumps out to me. And then I also want to give a shout out to Michael Bridges. We've been talking about the Suns and Michael Bridges is turning into legitimately one of the best defenders in the NBA. I interviewed him for a big story on SB Nation after his freshman year at Villanova. I think they won the uh, after his redshirt freshman year. I believe they won uh, the national championship that year and he was like a piece off the bench. But uh, he's really developed like as well as anyone could have hoped. He had a weird hitch in his jump shot uh, for the last year, basically, after he got drafted by Phoenix. That looks like it's gone away now. His defense has been incredible. He locked up TJ Warren, who's been probably the best player of anyone in the bubble so far. TJ Warren has given buckets to everyone, but Michael Bridges pretty much locked him up when they played the other day. So uh, shout out to him as well because he's he's really yeah, MJ Warren. I like I liked I liked Michael Bridges coming oh. out. Like I, he was I, when was he drafted? Did you say it was a ten? Lowry's year. Okay, yeah, he was Lowry's year. Yeah, something. Uh, he, yeah, like yeah, I mean, he was definitely a guy. I. Seemed like like a Bulls pick, like a safe pick, and he had really struggled. You mentioned that hitch. I remember, like he was such a smooth shooter at Villanova, and like great percentages. And then like you would see some of the tape of him shooting, like his first whatever couple of years in the NBA. I was like, where the hell did that hitch come from? And, like it does look like he's kind of fixed that now, which is good. So yeah, good to see him solid. You mentioned Luca, and Luca he roasted the Bucks in that clutch win, and that between the legs pass was also like in crunch time, which just like the audacity of that is. I mean, yeah, absolutely Against amazing. The best I think we might have been guarding him. That play. I, I, I can't even remember exactly off the time I had, but going back, even they played the Kings, and I believe they beat the Kings, and he, he put up a huge game, and that just comes back to Luca, uh, the the Kings passing on Luca. Di- like how like that's going to go down as one of the worst like all time misses like ever. Like, I mean, I know. Let's not let these other teams off the hook it, either, though. The Suns passed on him. And I know DeAndre Ayton's defense looks better. Ayton's going to be a good player in the league for a long time. But come on. It's just like a center is never going to have a quarter of the value as an offensive initiator in today's game. And that is totally different from how the game was, yeah. you know, in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, when the big man was, you know, the most important piece on the team. That's definitely not the case anymore. And I actually think it would be basically impossible for a center to have as big of an impact as Luca, just because Luca's playing point guard at six foot eight and he has the ball in his hands every possession. So they get bad marks. And then the Hawks deserve to get blasted too. And the Hawks did pick up some draft picks. Like and they, they did got get decent Young, value obviously. for that pick. Trey Young's probably the second best player in that draft. But I mean, come on. Like Luca's way better than Trey Young. And they used that pick to get Cam Reddish. And then I think, you know, they cashed in some of their other assets to move up for DeAndre Hunter. So if I'm a Hawks fan, I would also be furious. Like, yeah, Trey Young's really good, but this is like one of maybe going to be one of the greatest players ever with Luca. He's already a top five player in the league. He's 21 years old. The things he's doing are absolutely incredible. So uh, I think that everyone deserves. Yeah, I, I, I saw uh, some guy on Twitter. I guess some you know, guy on Twitter tweet night. last night, like, oh, like great game from Luca Doncic. He's awesome, but Trey Young is better. And it's like, come on, man. Like, Trey Young is awesome. Like, he's so fun. And, and that just goes back to the thing where it's like, I hate like taking two guys who are great and then trying to like pit them against each other. Just like super annoying thing that always happens on NBA Twitter. But I guess the Suns thing, one thing I get, they had did, uh, Luca played for when, who was it? Was it Kikosko? I don't know how to say his name. Igor, their former coach. I feel like I think he played for them for yeah. the national team, which was, it was, so I think everyone assumed that they would take Luke and then they took Aiden. I, I take your points for sure about like the big man, especially in today's like game, you want the like do it all wing who could do it. So, like, I understand that I will, I feel like at the time there were still a decent amount of people who I guess 
thought Aiden was okay was was should have been the number one pick and like I could kind of see it I I, I know you were always on the Luca train that he easy number one pick you definitely knew about him more than me like I wasn't that familiar I just knew that he was killing it as like a 17 18 year old maybe even earlier than that against grown men which like it, it just seems like a lot of people were overthinking it they they see this like kind of pudgy white guy who's not like the most athletic he's not like like uh, throwing down like huge dunks and people are like, oh, well, how is that going to translate to the NBA? It's like, well, I mean, there's obviously like different uh, like uh, like ways to like look at athleticism. Like, yeah, Luca doesn't have like a huge vertical. He's not the fastest guy, but the way he can like change directions and all that kind of stuff and like his first step and the quickness like needed there. And then obviously just like skill set wise, his skill set's ridiculous. Uh, so definitely just seemed like people were overthinking that. Let's, let's again, the Suns do, I think, deserve some blame there. I kind of understood why you take they took Aiden with the Hawks as well. Obviously, it's turning out nicely because Trey Young, I think, is better than anybody expected as well. And they did get extra assets. So I can at least give them that. I think the Kings, that's why I just mentioned the Kings. Like, all right, so the Suns took Aiden. Like, how do you just not take Lucas sitting there and like, it does, and to take Bagley. And I know Bagley was good at Duke, but like, you mentioned like the big man stuff. Like, Bagley never like even projected to be like a dominant I feel like big like Aiden did I know he was had put up great numbers at Duke but like like the physical profile like the skill set it just like never really made sense there so to take Bagley who has obviously been a disaster with some injuries like I think he'll probably be a fine player if he stays healthy but like to take that over what Luca his track record what he did as a teenager in like the best with like the best the second best league in the world just made absolutely no sense and Luca proving them the Kings wrong every day it's the Kings fans, I, I, I follow a good amount of Kings fans on Twitter, and like they're lot, they've obviously been long suffering, and a lot of them seem like good guys, and it's just kind of painful to see them just like relive when Luca has these games. Uh, <laughs> it just sucks because Luca's great, and he and he's doing this while he's not even that great of a three point shooter yet. He's, I think he's at like 31 percent this year. He obviously takes a lot of really hard shots, but if he can, get, I saw an article like if he can get to like Harden's level of three point shooting, which is like 36, 35, 36, 37, basically league average, like. He'll basically he's I mean he's almost at Harden's level anyways as like a player. I don't think he's quite there yet. But and if he gets that three point shooting up to league average, considering what he does and like the diff- shot selection, did the shot difficulty, it's incredible. And the, the fact that it, what he's doing right now at age twenty one, whatever he is right now, it's absolutely wild. Um, let's see other let's see other big talk. Like I guess the in the the in the West, staying in the Western Conference, the battle for the eighth seed. We we mentioned the Suns. Uh, again, we're watching the Spurs basically put the nail in the Pelicans' coffin. The Kings, just mentioned the Kings, they're, bas- they're basically toast as well. So right now it looks like it's going to be, for this likely play-in, it's going to be Grizzlies, Blazers, Suns battling, Spurs battling. Out of those four, who would you like to see get the eight? I, I mean, the, the Blazers are the popular like talk of the town right now because they get Nurkic back, they get Collins back, Melo's been playing pretty well, Dame is obviously... It's, Really great player. I know he choked against the Clippers in a very bad loss on Saturday, missing those two free throws. And there was a whole beef with Paul George and Patrick Beverly and all those guys. But out of those four teams, who who would you like to see as the eight seed? I mean, we already talked about him, but I would like to see the Suns. Like, I'd like to see Devin Booker and Aiton and Michael Bridges on that big stage. And you know, Booker's never made the playoffs since he's been there. I think the Suns have a ten-year playoff drought at this point. Uh, but can the Suns even still get in? Like, I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. They're half game oh, yeah. back up. They can, I think, I mean, there's what a couple right now. So yeah. They yeah. can still get in. Uh, and the Grizzlies are now guaranteed to play the play in game. 
No, I think they're not. Oh, I, yeah, I they had to win that. today. I mean, they probably will. Unless I guess if they lose out, and the I think the Suns would have to like win out. The Spurs might have to win out. Uh, the, I think the the Grizzlies had a chance to secure the playing spot today, but they lost to the Raptors. So I think if like the Blazers lose today, they might. I'm not totally sure the exact scenarios, but the Grizzlies should be there as long as they don't. I mean, they do. They do have to play the Bucks and Celtics. I'm not sure if how much those teams will be trying to win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, whatever. It's yeah. basically those four teams are the ones left. Uh, I watched that Portland Clippers game yesterday when Dame missed the two free throws. He also missed a uh, potential redemption three to tie the game at the buzzer. Uh, and like, that's just an inexcusable loss for the Blazers, right? Like they held Kawhi out. Patrick Beverly wasn't playing. Yeah. And they rested Paul George they in crunch time. He was on the yeah. bench for the last five minutes of the game and they still couldn't beat him. They got beat by Rodney Magruder and, you know, Jamichael Green and uh, really like the Clippers B team. So that was a really inexcusable loss, I thought, for the Blazers. With that being said, Nurkic looks awesome. I think that, you know, he's probably a top 10 center in the league at this point. And we don't really talk about him a lot as like being one of the best big men in the NBA. But I kind of think he's at that level. He's looked terrific as a passer. The Blazers are oh, just yeah. so much better with him in there. Uh and, you know, providing some protection up front for Damon CJ. And then Gary Trent Jr. has been giving him good minutes, too. Un- unreal. Unreal minutes. He's shooting something like 60%, I think, from three in the bubble. He's been incredible. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. has been awesome. Uh, he's not really a perfect fit for the roster, though, because he's pretty much like a 6'5", two guard. And what they yeah. really need is just like a long, versatile wing who can also shoot. Be nice if they had Ariza. I mean, Ariza's kind of washed, but I mean, they they need just like a big wing defender. And I know he's not as good as he used to be, but like the fact that he's not there in the bubble kind of disappointing for them. But they definitely could use yeah a big wing who can actually like guard yeah. wings. <laughs> Do you think like if they play if they play like the there's a lot the big like hot take right now is that they could beat the Lakers in a series. And I know the Lakers are sucking ass right now in the bubble. And I was going to talk, I was going to bring that up, but we can kind of use this to morph into that conversation. Like I I, I don't, I I mean, the Lakers, I think are probably just kind of fucking around right now. And I know they haven't been playing well. They haven't been shooting well at all. And like Davis has had a few trash games in a row, but like, I feel like I just, I can't imagine actually just taking this seriously. I feel like we do this with LeBron teams. We've done it for years. Like we we saw with the Cavs, sometimes the heat when they would just go through these, times where they just like we're not playing well they weren't really giving a shit and then once the playoffs come around it's like the flip the switch is flipped and and they and they go to the finals and the, or they win the title so like now like again the hot take now the blazers could beat the lakers like i don't see it i think the blazers could take a few games from them because dame is so good and i mean they're, they're with the guard play that they have and with Nurkic playing so well like i could see them taking a game or two actually winning beating the lakers four times i don't fucking think so what do you think Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, So I was out on the Lakers in the preseason because I thought the players number like three through 12 on their roster were just like really, really bad. And obviously LeBron and AD is, uh, you know, the best one, two there is. So like that two man game is their first option is as good as anything else in the league or better than anything else in the league. But what about the minutes when they're not on the floor? You know, you can't expect LeBron to. play every minute of every game in the playoffs, especially at the accelerated schedule within the bubble. So uh, the Lakers have been much better than I anticipated. I, so I was wrong about them. There's no doubt about that. Uh, At this point, like 
I don't know, the Clippers were my preseason title pick, but you can talk yourself into the Lakers just because LeBron and Davis are so good. Obviously, the supporting cast is going to have to hit outside shots. That Bad, starts with yeah. Danny Green, who's kind of been a disappointment inside the bubble. They need to get him going. Uh, I think Caruso is one of their five best players, which is <laughs> uh, disturbing, quite frankly. And then you got Dion Waiters, who they like really need him to score too, uh, to give him some extra scoring punch. So the Lakers have a ton of question marks, but... It still comes back to LeBron. It still comes back to AD. I think the Lakers are going to be okay. I do not think Portland could really push the Lakers. What I would be interested in, though, is a second-round series. Uh, How it's lined up right now would be Rockets-Lakers. And I think Rockets-Lakers could be pretty interesting, especially if, uh, you know, Harden's hitting his threes, and I think, like, you know, their super small ball attack is going to, you know, just, like, present some problems for the Lakers defensively having to cover all that space. And I think Houston might be able to take out the Lakers, but that's as hot as I'll go. <laughs> yeah. You know what the Lakers need? They need playoff Rondo. <laughs> as much yeah, as they hate to say <laughs> he, I think he's going to be, I know he's training. I believe he's training with them now or he's back there and he's like quarantining something like that. Was it was what hand surgery on like another hand surgery. He's like, had like a ton of those because again, he broke his hand on the, in that bull series. And then they lose the next four. Not saying that the bulls would have won that series if he didn't get hurt, but that is what happened. They, he broke his hand. They lose the next four and lose four too. They could definitely at least use the extra ball handler. And like I said, I don't think Rondo's really particularly good anymore, but like his specific skill set as ball handler and a creator could be useful considering the rest of that roster obviously like a shooting his three-point percentages have gotten better as his career has gone on but no one treats him as a threat and kind of can muck up the offense sometimes with that but like if he's actually if he's like bringing like playoff rano to the table like that's a difference maker and we've I mean, we saw that happen in that game, game two for the Bulls. We saw it happen in that Pelican series with, when he was with the Pelicans, where he was like mostly bad all year, which is what happened with the Bulls. And then he comes out in that sweep of the Blazers, and he just kicked total ass. So, like, if they, the Lakers get any of that kind of production from him, that would obviously be huge for them. Am I, like, am I worried about the Lakers? Not really. Like, I still would probably, I said, I would guess 50 50 them versus Clippers. I think I picked the Lakers preseason, and so I'd probably stick with them. But the Rockets series would also be very interesting. I mean, the Rockets just with their whole – I mean, I hesitate to call it a gimmick gimmick because they are very good either way. But their super small ball thing is kind of a gimmick. But, I mean, they've they've gone all in on it. They shoot a million threes. They don't play a center. Uh, they just switch everything on defense. Uh, in a series in this kind of unique situation, like, would I be totally surprised if they somehow, like, won it all? Uh, maybe a little bit, just considering some of these other teams out there. But I mean, they obviously got the top end talent. They have some other good, really good pieces. Uh, Daniel House has been really good. Like obviously Robert Covington, one of the best, better three and D players in the league. Uh, Eric Gordon, is Eric Gordon is he out for the year? I can't remember what happened with Eric Gordon or if he's healthy. I don't, I don't even remember off the top of my head. But I mean, they got obviously James and James and Russ, and then some. D- they have the roster built around them like they want to, so that would definitely be interesting. Let me turn the uh, conversation into the Bucks, one of the other favorites. They've also kind of scuffled in the bubble. We, I was watching their game against Miami the, the other day, and without Jimmy Butler, the Bucks, uh, the, the Heat went up by like twenty three points. Uh, the Bucks ended up coming back and ended up winning by like thirteen or fourteen, so like a huge turnaround. But then they they also they lose to the Mavs. We talked about the Doncic game. They also. Uh, they've lost a few other games. They they blew that game against the Rockets a week or two ago. Down the stretch, they blew like a seven or eight point lead late. Uh, we've seen them have some issues at the end of games. Uh, we ha- they sometimes have some issues in the half court. Obviously, Giannis and his and jump shots. Like people talk about uh, just his inability to sh- constantly shoot jumpers. I know he's an issue at the free throw line. Like, will that come back to bite them in close games in the playoffs when 
in the half court setting when things really slow down. Like we kind of saw that happen in the Raptors series last year. Uh, do you still think the Bucks are the favorite to come out of these? I would still say yes. Uh, obviously, the Raptors, the defending champs, I do not want to count them out. They are still very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, quick take on the Bucks. I uh, I tend to think the Bucks will be all right, and I'm like sort of rooting for the Bucks in part because yeah, I feel like if they're eliminated or if they go through a rough stretch in the playoffs, like every single game is going to be a referendum on like how good they actually are and what Giannis is going to do when he yep. reaches free agency. And listen, no matter what happens to the Bucks. They're, they've been one of the best teams in the league all season. Like the Bucs are a kick-ass team. Only one team can win the championship. Obviously, Milwaukee has championship or bust expectations, and I think for sure they absolutely have to get to the finals. I do think it's possible that given you know the unique nature of the season that the Bucs do get tripped up by a team like Toronto, maybe Miami, but Celtics. Uh, in general, I believe in the Bucs. I think they're going to be okay. I want them to be okay because I Same. hate the discourse whenever the Bucks blow a game. It's, so it's bad. <laughs> uh, I think that like either way though, like you know, Milwaukee's been a kick-ass team. Like they've been incredible the entire season. So I don't think that we should be looking at them as a total failure. I totally understand the expectations though. Uh, and more than anything, I, I just hope they can come through because like they really have been the best team in the league the whole season. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they were down in all season. Like the last week before the hiatus, like they were starting to stumble. Giannis was dealing with an injury, and now they haven't been that good. They've been giving up a ton of three-pointers, which they've done all year, but I, I feel like they think that's going to even out. Like they've set, given up some hot shooting games, but once the I think once the playoffs come around and once they lock in and Giannis locks in, I, I, I'm rooting for them as well. As a Greek, I've, I'm a Giannis fan. The discourse you mentioned is, t- I feel like Giannis like doesn't get enough love. I feel like too many people hate on him. And then like, obviously if they lose early, like all the conversation will be about where's Giannis going? Is he going to ask for a trade? Blah, 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 blah. And like, well, that's great for like clicks and everything. Like it's just kind of annoying when a good, like a good smaller market team, like the Bucks, they built a great team with Giannis and around him. And when all the conversation is just around him leaving and going somewhere like big, it's, it just kind of sucks for like the entire NBA discourse. Before we leave, we want to wrap it up here. Do you have any hot takes on any of these NBA awards? Or do you think? Or do you think it's like like? Do you think Giannis will win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? Keeping yeah, it on, yeah, I would vote for Giannis for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year for sure. Uh, I mean, who else is going to be Depoy? Like maybe Brook Lopez. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's Davis and Gobert, the other two candidates. Davis and Gobert, the other two candidates. Okay, yeah, I would I would go Giannis for sure on that one. Yeah, yeah, because then obviously like MVP is going to be between Giannis and LeBron. I mean, it should be Giannis. His numbers are ridiculous. The Bucks are awesome. Hard and Harden's just kind of like a distant third. I mean, Rookie of the Year we got Morant should win over Zion at this point. I mean, just the games play difference is huge. We talked about Giannis, the Defensive Player of the Year. Looking at six man, I'm assuming it'll I, Harold or Williams. Maybe they go with Dennis Schroeder to even it out. I really have no hot take on that. Most improved, I think, is interesting. I think I would give it to Bam. I'd have to look at it closer. It was interesting that Luca got on most, this most improved player thing. Uh, I feel like Luca was good enough to begin with, where I probably would not have included that. Luca even said himself like he wanted Devonte Graham on there instead. Uh, I think it'll probably come down to Bam and Ingram, and I think a lot of people say Ingram. I ca- I'd have to look at the numbers closer. I should have prepared that better, but uh, I think I would lean toward Bam just because I think from what he has gone to, or just like the jump that he took this year, becoming like a fulcrum of their offense has been huge. And if you look at Coach of the Year, it's between Buttonholzer, Donovan, or Nick Nurse. I'd probably go between Billy Donovan and Nick Nurse and lean towards Nurse, I think, just because the Raptors, Nurse after losing sure. Kawhi Leonard, to basically be just as good this year. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on all those. Yeah. All right. That's I think that's all for us this week. Uh, again, 
We will be on another week of – if there's any more drip, drip, drip about Jim Boylan or if there's or about another bubble and the Bulls actually doing anything, we will be on the lookout for that. Uh, but for now, we got the last week of NBA season games coming up, and then the playoffs will finally start uh, in about a week or so. So that will be a bit really exciting. So obviously our next pod, uh, we'll talk about some, pre- some playoff preview stuff. Uh, we got the NBA lottery coming up. Uh, I think it was like the 20th coming up in like in a week and a half or two, something like that. So we'll obviously be, start talking about some draft stuff coming up. So that'll be really exciting. Uh, but for now, as always here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, a shout out to the Blue Wire Network and all and all the great pods around the Blue Wire Network. Please go check them out. There's a ton of great NBA pods. We've brought out a ton of great talent recently. So please go check out all the pods all across the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to all our uh, sponsors for the week. We've had DirecTV NFL Sunday Ticket, uh, Bet Online, and Deal Dash. So thank you to all of them. That is awesome that we've got DirecTV uh, NFL Sunday Ticket on with the NFL season possibly coming up. We, we, we're hoping it's going to happen. I have my doubts about the NFL happening, but we will see. I think they're probably going to try to roll through. So uh, but that's coming up pretty quick here uh, with all these other sports going on in the NFL possibly coming back as well. So shout out to them as always. And then it's us for Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Please rate and review us. Hit us up on Twitter. You guys know where to find us. Uh, leave us five stars or don't. And if you do, let us know what we can improve, what we can do better. As always, we're always open to your feedback. So for Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, it's Jason and Ricky. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take it easy. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action. There's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. So check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. So visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.